0: welcome to a crash investigation the podcast the show we dissect and discuss prominent crashes in aviation history i am your host of course shonaka kai and in today's episode we are going to be discussing one of the most controversial cases that i've ever discussed on this podcast today we will be talking about united airlines flight 173 the crew the crash the investigation But before we continue, do not forget to like and subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. And if you're listening on a podcast listening platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more, do not forget to follow us there and rate us on the podcast platform that you're listening on. Now, without wasting any more of your time, let us officially get into it. It is the greatest aviation mystery of all time. Lies a massive passenger jet. And the remains of its 239 passengers and crew. Uh, Good morning. We have uh, a smoke problem. And we're doing emergency descent to level uh, 15140. In December 1988, a passenger airliner was bombed over Scotland in what was one of the largest pre 9 11 terrorist attacks. United Airlines Flight 173 was a scheduled flight for the 28th of December 1978 the origin of this flight was John F Kennedy International Airport New York the United States and its destination was Portland International Airport Portland Oregon United States of America the stopover was Stapleton International Airport which is located in Denver Colorado the United States of America the aeroplane used was the McDonnell Douglas DC-8, and the call sign for this flight was United 173 Heavy. The crew. The captain of this flight was Melbourne A. McBroom, who was 52 years old at the time of the crash. He was hired by United Airlines on the 1st of May 1951. On the 1st of July 1959, McBroom finally became a captain on the DC-8. In total he had obtained 27638 flight hours with 5517 flight hours as a captain on the DC8. He was qualified to fly the DC8 and the Boeing 727. His recent proficiency test was on the 1st of September 1978 and he passed so yeah for him. The first officer of this flight was Roderick D Beebe, who was 45 years old at the time of the crash. He was hired by United Airlines on the 19th of June, 1965. On the 21st of June, 1978, Beebe finally became a first officer on the DC-8. In total, he had obtained 5,209 flight hours, with 247 of those flight hours on the DC-8 as a first officer. He was qualified to fly multi-engine land aircrafts. His recent proficiency test was on the 21st of June 1978, and he passed with distinctions, yes. Finally, the second officer, aka the flight engineer of this flight, was Forrest E. Ledenhall. Now, before we continue, I do have to stress that his surname, Forrest E. Ledenhall's surname, is severely different on wikipedia however in the final report his surname is Ledenhall, therefore i will use Ledenhall. just wanted to let you know anyway he was 41 years old at the time of the crash he was hired by united airlines on the 18th of december 1967. on the 31st of january 1975 he finally became a second officer aka flight engineer on the dc-8 He had 3,895 flight hours with 2,263 flight hours on the DC-8 as a flight engineer. He was qualified to fly single and multi-engine land and sea aircrafts. His recent proficiency test was on the 24th of February 1978 and he of course passed. There were 181 passengers on board and five flight attendants being Joanne Wheeler, Nancy King, Sandy Bass, Martha Frederick, and Diane Woods. Aircraft information. So the aircraft used, as I've said before, was the DC-8. The DC-8 in total, the specific one had 33,114 total operation time. Just keep that information at the back of your head as we move on to the investigation. After we talk about the flight. Alright, so the flight. So United Flight 173 takes off from JFK International Airport and it lands at Stapleton International Airport with no problems. It was refueled at Stapleton International Airport as it was a stopover and the fuel that was required to fly from Stapleton International Airport, Denver, Colorado to Portland International Airport, Portland, Oregon was 31,900 pounds or 14,470 kgs worth of fuel. But the fuel that was put on United 173 was 46,700 pounds or 21,183 kgs. So, this was more than enough fuel for the crew of Flight 173 to fly from Stapleton all the way to Portland. So, at 13 minutes to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or PST, United Airlines Flight 173 takes off from Stapleton International Airport. The crew was under instrument flight rules and if you do not know, instrument flight rules is when pilots are instructed to solely fly an aeroplane using their instruments. The estimated time of arrival or ETA was 13 minutes past 5 p.s.t. The pilot flying was First Officer Beep the flight was normal and routine there were no problems whatsoever and at 5 minutes past 5 p.m United Airlines flight 173 contacts the Portland approach aka the Portland air traffic controller to let them know that their altitude was 10,000 feet or 3,048 meters and they were reducing airspeed as they were approaching the airport the Portland air traffic controller tells the crew of flight 173 to maintain their current heading and they should be on the lookout for the runway which is runway 28. the crew acknowledged this and they actually stated and i quote we have the field in sight end quote At 7 minutes past 5 p.m., the Portland Air Traffic Controller instructed United Flight 173 to descend and maintain 8,000 feet or 2,438 meters. The crew acknowledged this instruction. At 9 minutes past 5 p.m., the Portland Air Traffic Controller instructed United 173 to descend further to 6,000 feet or 1,829 meters. The crew acknowledged this instruction at 12 minutes past 5 pm the portland air Traffic controller contacted the crew and requested and i quote united 173 heavy contact the tower 118.7 end quote then first officer Beebe responded by saying and i quote negative we'll stay with you we'll stay at five we'll maintain about 170 knots we got a gear problem we'll let you know end quote so the gear problem this is a subsection of the flight so first officer Beebe requested wing flaps to be extended to 15 degrees and that landing gear should be lowered captain mcbroom complied to these requests and the extending of the landing gear which comes from captain mcbroom himself with a post crash interview he said and i quote it was noticeably unusual and i feel it seemed to go down more rapidly As it is my recollection, it was a thump. Thump in sound and feel. I don't recall getting the red and transistor gear door light. The thump was much out of the ordinary for this aeroplane. It was noticeably different and we got the nose gear green light but no other lights." This is a major problem. At 14 minutes past 5 p.m., the Portland Air Traffic Controller re- responded to the gear problem that First Officer Beebe was mentioning, and the Portland Air Traffic Controller said, "And I quote, United 173 heavy, turn left heading 100, and I'll just orbit you out there till you get your problem." End quote. United Flight 173 was put into a holding pattern at 5,000 feet or 1,524 meters above the ground. The crew at this point was strategizing and troubleshooting their landing gear problem. At 22 minutes to 6 p.m., United Flight 173 contacted the United Airlines System Line Maintenance Control Center in San Francisco, California. The DC-8 at this point had 7,000 pounds or 3,175 kgs worth of fuel. Captain McBroom wanted to hold for 15 to 20 minutes and he decided to try and prepare for emergency descent and evacuation. At 16 minutes to 6 p.m. PST, the maintenance control center said and I quote, Okay, United 173, you estimate that you'll make a landing about 5 minutes past the hour. Is that okay? End quote. Captain McBroom responds by saying and I quote, Yeah, that's good, ballpark. I'm not gonna hurry the girls we got about 165 people on board and we want to take our time and get everybody ready then we'll go it's clear as a bell and no problem end quote but there was a problem moving on from 16 minutes to 6 p.m to a quarter to 6 p.m the crew was discussing amongst themselves and the flight attendants about preparing the cabin for emergency landing now, moving back a little bit, at 16 minutes to 6 p.m. PST, First Officer Beebe asked Flight Engineer Leidenhall, and I quote, how much fuel we got. Flight Engineer Leidenhall responds by saying, and I quote, 5,000, end quote. He meant 5,000 pounds, which is the equivalent of 2,268 kgs united flight 173 was 13 nautical miles 15 miles or 24 kilometers away from the airport at this point at nine minutes to 6 p.m pst captain McBroom decides to tell flight engineer ledenhall to contact united Airlines' representatives in portland oregon to let them know about their situation and to tell them that they will be landing with four thousand pounds or 1,814 kgs worth of fuel. At 5 minutes to 6 pm, the amount of fuel in both tanks was 3,000 pounds or 1,361 kgs. That is a problem. At 3 minutes to 6 pm, Captain McBroom tells Flight Engineer Ledenhall to, and I quote, kinda singing how things are going, end quote, in terms of preparing the cabin for emergency landing. At one minute past 6pm, flight engineer Leidenhall returns and he says that the cabin would be ready in and I quote, another two to three minutes end quote. Please keep in mind that they are still in a holding pattern and they're just circling the airport. At two minutes past 6pm, the Portland air traffic controller contacts United flight 173 and asks for an update. First Officer Beeb says, and I quote, yeah, we have an indication our gear is abnormal. It will be our intention in about five minutes to land on two eight left. We would like the equipment standing by. Our indications are the gear is down and locked. We have got our people prepared for an evacuation in the event that should become necessary, end quote. At three minutes past 6 PM, the Portland air traffic controller asks when they'll start descent because they are losing fuel and captain mcbroom says and i quote they have about finished in the cabin i'd guess about another three four five minutes end quote the fuel at this point was three thousand pounds or 1361 kgs but of course it was depleting fast and they needed to land the three minutes after the portland air traffic controller asked when they'll start descent the crew was talking about checking the landing gear warning and to check whether or not spoilers and anti-skid would work at six minutes past 6 pm the flight attendant entered the cockpit and told the crew that the cabin was now ready for emergency landing captain mcbroom finally responded by saying and i quote okay we are going to go in now we should be landing in about five minutes, end quote. Now, as soon as Captain McBroom said that statement, First Officer Beebe said, and I quote, I think you just lost number four, end quote. First Officer Beebe repeated the same thing, we are going to lose an engine, end quote. Captain McBroom kept on asking why, and First Officer Beebe repeated, we are losing an engine. Finally, First Officer Beebe said, the reason why we are losing an engine is because of fuel. First officer Beebe explained further by saying that the engine flamed out at 7 minutes past 6 p.m. PST. Captain McBroom called the Portland Air Controller and told the Air Controller that they and I quote would like clearance for an approach into 28 left now. End quote the portland air Traffic controller acknowledged and at nine minutes past 6 p.m captain McBroom told the portland air Traffic controller and i quote united 73 is going to turn towards the airport and come on in end quote at this point united flight 173 was on approach to runway 28 left at 13 minutes past 6 p.m flight engineer Leden hall expressed and i quote we just lost two engines one and two end quote Captain McBroom said and I quote they're all going we can't make it end quote and he added okay declare May Day. First Officer Beeb did just that by saying and I quote Portland Tower United 173 heavy May Day. We are the engines are flaming out. We are going down. We are going down. We are not going to be able to make it to the airport end quote a quarter at 6 pst united airlines flight 173 and i quote crashed into a wooded section of a populated area of suburban portland about six nautical miles seven miles or 11 kilometers southeast of the airport no fire was started unfortunately two crew members those two crew members being flight engineer Ledenhall and flight attendant joanne wheeler and eight other passengers were killed in this crash 23 people were seriously injured the investigation so the national transportation safety board or the ntsb was in charge of investigating this crash seeing as though this crash happened on american soil the crash site so here i am going to be reading an extract from the final report that heavily describes the crash site it just makes sense Way better than what I would have said. So here we go, and I quote: "The aircraft first struck two trees about 100 feet or 30 meters above the ground. These trees were about 1,554 feet or 474 meters from the point where the wreckage came to rest." About 400 feet or 122 meters farther, the right wing struck a tree about 45 feet or 14 meters above the ground. The fuselage from about the fifth row of passenger seats forward sustained severe extensive impact damage in a generally rewarded direction. The lower left side of the fuselage between the fourth and sixth rows of passenger seats and below window level had been torn away. The remainder of the underside of the fuselage sustained heavy damage from contact with severe large threes and three stumps. All four engines were inspected and found to be capable of operation. None showed signs of rotation at impact. End quote. So I just have to add that the last sentence of what I just read is incredibly weird and maybe something was wrong with the fuel. The survival aspect so the investigators concluded that this accident was partially survivable and i quote all of the passengers who were killed had been located on the right side of the cabin that section of the aircraft was destroyed during the accident sequence end quote the fuel systems so a broken piston rod of the right main landing gear was sent for meteorological lab tests in washington dc These are the results, and I quote, The examination showed that the primary cause of the separation of the rod was severe corrosion caused by moisture onto the mating threads of both components. As a result of the corrosion, the joint was weakened to such an extent that only a comparatively low tensile load was required to pull the rod end out of the piston rod, end quote meaning that the landing gear was faulty due to corrosion of the piston rod the fuel indicators also showed that there was no fuel in the tanks how was this not seen by the pilots well because of pilot error so the responsibility of the crew according to the united airlines flight operations manual reads as follows and i quote except as otherwise specifically directed by the captain All crew members noting a departure from prescribed procedures and safe practices should immediately advise the captain so that he is aware of and understand the particular situation and may take appropriate action." So, Captain McBroom was advised by the first officer and the flight engineer that there was something wrong with the fueling system, correct, but he was only told kind of submissively. And to add on to that, Captain McBroom stalled in acting on the fuel problem until they actually ran out of fuel in the sky, which thus led to this crash. So the findings, they read as follows and I quote. The flight crew was properly certificated and qualified for the flight. Number two. Except for the failure of the piston rod on the right main landing gear retract cylinder assembly with the resulting damage to the landing gear position indicating system switch, there was no evidence of a failure or malfunction of the aircraft's structure, power plants, flight controls, or systems. Number 3. All of the aircraft's engines flamed out because of fuel exhaustion about quarter past 6 p.m three minutes after it entered into hold and three hours 27 minutes after it departed denver number four fuel exhaustion was predictable the crew failed to equate the fuel remaining with time and distance from the airport number five evidence indicates that the fuel quantity indicating system or our favorite system fqis accurately indicated fuel quantity to the crew number six The captain failed to make decisive, timely decisions. Number seven, the captain failed to relate time, distance, and the aircraft's fuel state as his attention was directed completely towards the diagnosis of the gear problem and preparation of the passengers for an emergency landing. And finally, number eight, neither the first officer nor the flight engineer conveyed any concern about fuel exhaustion to the captain until the accident was inevitable end quote so the probable cause of this crash the national transportation safety board determined that the probable cause of this accident was the failure of the captain to monitor properly the aircraft's fuel state and to properly respond to the low fuel state and the crew members advisories regarding the fuel state this resulted in fuel exhaustion to all engines his inattention resulted from preoccupation with a landing gear malfunction and preparations for a possible landing emergency." End quote. So essentially, Captain McBroom had trouble delegating tasks to his co-pilots. Furthermore, and I quote, Contributing to the accident was the failure of the other two flight crew members either to fully comprehend the criticality of the fuel state or to successfully communicate their concern to the captain end quote and i'd just like to add that the final report from what i read the final report considers this accident as pilot error but in my opinion it should be considered pilot error and maintenance error maintenance error being the contributing f- cause or the contributing factor and pilot error being the main cause reason being that the maintenance error was basically the failure of the piston rod of the landing gear due to corrosion. This eventually led to the misjudgment of the captain, and thus this accident happening. So the recommendations set out by the NTSB to the Federal Aviation Administration or the FAA, they read as follows, and I quote issue an operations alert bulletin to have FAA inspectors assure that crew training stresses differences in fuel quantity measuring instruments and that crew flying with a new system are made aware of the possibility of misinterpretation of gauge readings. And issue an operations bulletin to all air carrier operations inspectors directing them to urge their assigned operators to ensure that their flight crews are indoctrinated in principles of flight deck resource management with particular emphasis on the merits of participative management for captains and assertiveness training for all other cockpit crew members end quote and that is the end of today's episode. I just have to say that the second recommendation that I read, the one that goes as issue and operations bulletin to all a carriers, blah, blah, blah. I just don't like the fact that they use indoctrinated because it makes it sound bad. But I digress. That is the end of today's episode. Like, subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast listening platform, don't forget to just support us by following by rating this episode five stars would really really appreciate it but thank you so much for listening once again i really do appreciate all of your support i appreciate you listening to me talk about air crashes every single week i have been your host shona kakai and i'll catch you next week saturday at half past four central african time aka south african standard time cheers